Flight attendants, please prepare for takeoff. Wheeler, cycling, line A, scores! I don't believe my eyes. Wheeler gets a hat trick. Oh, my goodness. It's a number. Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. I would love to start this podcast with, everything is fixed. Everything is fixed for the Winnipeg Jets. Everything is right in this world because five on five, they look brilliant. The power play is the best. I can yell at this thing. I don't know if these mics are That's why I go for back. yelling. <laughs> Daniel's got the audio thing under control. That's the beautiful part about the Jets TV Team. Ground Control, Episode 4. Uh, Jamie Thomas, Tyler Esquivel, Mitchell Clinton with you. Um, the Winnipeg Jets 2-0 uh, and in this four-game homestand. And I was when I look at the stats, and it says the Jets are 7-1-1 and at home I, uh, at Bell MTS Place, I almost got thrown off because there's that one home game back in Helsinki right. that kind of, I thought, was the second loss on home ice. But that's not the case in terms of Bell MTS uh, I, at Bell MTS Place. Um, Jets knock off. Another team 5-2. to two. It is the uh, New Jersey Devils leaving here uh, with their tails between their legs. Just another impressive performance 5-on-5. Five five. It seems like things are starting to slowly come together, doesn't it, Mitch? Yeah, for sure. And, and the main thing that I think the players will, will like the most out of it is they're doing it the proper way. They're not cheating for offense. Um, that's something that, that Blake Wheeler's kind of harped on for a long time is just making sure that, yeah, like the offense is going to come. This is like there's too much skill in this team for that not to happen. But they want to make sure they're generating it the right way. And it's, you know, making sure they're playing well defensively, capitalizing when they do get that turnover, they do get the puck out of the zone. They, they start taking advantage of teams off the rush. But if they don't score off the rush, it's not the worst thing. They have guys that, that are able to like Kyle Connor has the last couple of games for sure. And even, mm-hmm. for, even longer than that, be able to, to get those pucks back in the corner and then start that cycle and then go high to low. And then all of a sudden chances are, are coming in in waves. And that's how the Winnipeg Jets have been attacking on this homestand, both against Colorado and uh, against New Jersey. You look at the two games here so far in this homestand, Tyler, you know, it was the top line in the national hockey league, arguably with, uh, Miko Rantanen, uh, Gabriel Landeskog, and Nathan McKinnon come here on Friday night, and they were shut down. Taylor Hall, the reigning Hart Trophy winner. Uh, Kyle Palmieri is no one to shake a stick at. Nico Hichier came into a Bell MTS Ice Place or Bell, Bell MTS Place uh, on Sunday night. The Jets are doing a great job of shutting down these top players, these top lines, in these last two games. Yeah, obviously, uh, you, you said it perfectly there. I mean, the, one of the top lines in the league, if not the top line in the league, in that Ranton and Landeskog and uh, McKinnon. McKinnon line. I can't believe I forgot Nathan McKinnon. That's okay. I, we were doing it the other day, but it's just it's a mouthful of all three names. Yes, anyways. no kidding. Yes, yeah. um, but I think it, it just it speaks to the depth that we've had. Uh, you know, Mitch and I are sitting in the press box watching the game against New Jersey, and I said Nick Patans looked really good. Mm-hmm. Andrew Cops looked really good. Our depth is making it difficult for these other teams to handle us I mean you, they come out here with with one really good line and we're like okay well we'll hand, we'll throw this line at you this line at you and I think teams just don't really know how to handle the depth that the Winnipeg Jets have I, I was thinking today as well um Sunday after the game you know I, I thought back to the Hendricks Armia Perot line that we had last season and how that was the fourth line for a period of time when there were some injuries that kind of made that possible and then I looked at the Cop, uh, Patan and Rosovic line mm-hmm. 
and I thought there's some similarities there. You know, that's the kind of depth that you expect to have. And, you know, they got a goal against, you know, the New Jersey Devils. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of shaping up similarly to last year. What the Jets have done so far this year uh, is avoid the injury bug. Except for Dmitry Kulikov, who's up for four weeks. But what has happened so far, Mitch, is guys coming in out of the lineup, in this case, um, with the departure of Dmitry Kulikov, Joe Morrow comes in and has a solid game against mm-hmm. uh, the New Jersey Devils. Jack Roslevic was up in the press box for a bit. Brandon Lemieux gets suspended for a couple of games, and maybe Roslevic has kind of put, pieced together back-to-back couple mm-hmm. of games. This has really been um, something they've been looking for, and it's it, it's noticeable, especially with the fourth line on, on Sunday night. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, one of the big reasons that that line can, can play together also is a credit to how Nikolai Ehlers' game has kind of evolved as this season's gone on. You know, yeah. he goes on that on that left wing with Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler, who not only have a big responsibility offensively, but they've got a big responsibility defensively. And head coach Paul Maurice has to be comfortable putting Nikolai Ehlers in those positions. So he, uh, I think, deserves some, some credit for the way he's been playing. And then, obviously, he's got four goals in his last six at the time of, of this recording. So he's obviously... Uh, being able to find the back of the net, which is good too. And, you know, the the way that the that cops line played against New Jersey was it was good to see. And, and especially for Jack Rosovic, who obviously came in uh, playing center in the National Hockey League. It's very difficult to do. It mm-hmm. takes a long time to learn. Um, so for him to move back to the wing isn't necessarily a, a step back. He just comes back in on that wing had a number of chances against New Jersey. That whole line was was playing really well. Mark Scheifele even talked about how, how well Andrew Kopp just seamlessly moved from the wing back into center mm-hmm. and has uh, been a real force on, on that line as well. So, you know, kudos all around to those guys for, for you know, adjusting their, their positions and then making uh, use of the ice time that they've been getting. And against New Jersey, I mean, you, you, you guys talked about depth. I mean, Roslovic played 11.59 season mm-hmm. high for him. Yeah, all three players on the, on that fourth line in over ten minutes of ice time and rewarded for 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 some solid play. Uh, Blake Wheeler, we talk about him a lot, and for good reason. It, it was recent that he had a hand in ten straight goals. Uh, that does not does not happen very often. Ten straight goals by the Winnipeg Jets. Now that streak was broken up by Jack Rossovic's goal in, in the in the first period against the Devils. Twenty eight seconds later, Wheeler starts another streak right afterwards. He just really has the flair for the dramatic recently. Now he's up to twenty assists uh, as of the recording uh, of this podcast. That had him in first in the NHL. Had him at five hundred points in a Winnipeg Jets jersey. Now I know he has more points than that with the franchise, but that's uh, five hundred points is very meaningful as with the Winnipeg Jets two point isn't it, Tyler? Yeah, I mean just thinking about that five hundred points in a Winnipeg Jets uniform, mm-hmm. and this team's been here since twenty eleven. Just slowly but surely and quietly, the man just dominates. And, and you can see it on the ice. He just he wants it so bad. And, and when things aren't going right, you look to Blake Wheeler on the ice to make things happen. And you can tell he wants that. He wants that on his shoulders. He wants that. So, I mean, he's a heck of a leader in the locker room, and he showcases it on the ice. And, I mean, Jamie, you've been rattling off stats on the Jet CB Live postgame show. Yeah. Every time we, he seems to get more, more and more points. He got his first five point night the other night. Yeah. I mean, there's not much to say about Blake Wheeler other than he's amazing. Jamie Compon, who's going to be our guest here on uh, Ground Control uh, a little bit later in this podcast, has a very, very good detailed explanation of what makes Blake Wheeler so special on the Jets' power play. And on the note of the power play, Mitch, 
the Jets have scored five goals in a game five times this year. Sunday night was the first time they haven't had to use their power play. They didn't score in the power play, although they did score one goal six on five during a delayed yes. penalty. But the official power play goal was not there and in a franchise record run of 11 straight games with a, with a power play goal. How important is it for them to win a game this year without relying on the power play? Well, it's just it's one of those things that you can kind of look back on, right? Like it's, you know, maybe if, if you're having a game where, you know, maybe the they're, they're not calling it maybe as tight as, mm-hmm. as in previous games and power plays are really hard to come by, you're going to have to rely on, on how you play at even strength. And that's kind of why, you know, the numbers that they've been able to put up uh, in terms of uh, puck possession, shot mm-hmm. attempts, the last couple of games have been so important. I mean, you look back at the game against the Colorado Avalanche, first two periods when the Jets were able to build uh, that that two-goal lead, six over 60% Corsi, 16-6, scoring chances that's yeah. that's what you want at five on five but the other main thing is defensively i keep harping on defensively but this is something that these guys continue to talk about in the dressing room is making sure that they're they're good defensively so anytime you're good defensively and not taking penalties there and having to make the penalty kill go to work you're able to generate in the offensive zone and the more you're in that zone the more chances there potentially are for power plays if they're not getting called then you you want to make sure you're finding ways to, to generate offensively even strength, and the Jets have been able to do that. Paul Maurice has tinkered with the lines clearly, and with Nikolai, Nikolai Ehlers, with Shifley and Wheeler. Um, Patrick Line finds himself with um, Adam Lowry and Brandon Tanev. Now, Maurice has said that this is not permanent, but he has to feel good about the fact that they're starting to jive these four lines. They're starting to come together. We've already touched on the fourth line. We've talked numerous times about how Lowry and, and Ka- Lowry Tanev and, and Line are working together, but I really wanted to get into how well Matthew Perot, uh, Brian Little, and Kyle Connor are getting together. You know, you're starting to really see Kyle Connor's confidence shining in these last two games. But I just wanted to touch both of you guys on, on what you thought, what the unofficial second line, how it's looking right now. Mitch, I'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, I really like. Uh, Kyle Connor's game you want to talk about growth of a player I mean you even go back to not even the the first year that he was in the NHL but even you go to the start of last season and you and you take a look at how he just absolutely hounds pucks I mean he's a big we talked about the power play not too long ago he's one of the big reasons the power play works as well as it does because as as much as there's some sharpshooters out there Mm -hmm. you're still gonna have to retrieve the puck at some points and he's been so good at that both weighing whether to be on the strong side weak side uh, of the net or just be able to get into the corners and, and get that puck back mm-hmm. and then get it back into the hands of whether it's Wheeler or Bufflin or, or whoever. So that's that's been one of the big things of Kyle Connor's game that has translated to 5-on-5. Five five and He's always had a chemistry with, with Brian Little. He's used 4-on-4 four four in that situation. And you can't tell me that Matthew Perot's tenacity on the puck hasn't had a little bit of an impact on Kyle Connor's game as well. Yeah, Mitch, you said the word that I've been thinking about the entire time. It, the word is ten- tenacious. Yeah. Um, I butchered that. They're just so tenacious on the puck, straight and direct lines. You know, they get pucks down low. And they, we saw it several times against New Jersey that they were just able to cycle the puck, maintain offensive pressure, and create scoring chances out of that. And for a second line, quote-unquote, air quotes, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that's what you want. And, you know, you talk about these lines aren't permanent. Well, nothing's permanent in the NHL, no. obviously, but 
I would not be touching these lines right now, and I don't think Paul will, unless it calls for it. And, and right. he adjusts on the fly more than any, or just as much as the next coach. So as of right now, you know, keep them the same and continue to build. Dustin Bufflin's on a six-game point streak as, as we uh, tape this podcast. This is our last thought before we get into Jamie Compon's part of the interview or part of the podcast. What I've seen from Dustin Bufflin outside of putting up points, Mitch, is these timely hits. You know, you look at Alexander Barkov in Helsinki. Barkov was having a pretty good game in in the first on the game on Thursday. Bufflin hits him. Don't really see a whole lot of Barkov. Big hit on Brian Boyle the other night. There's there's been timely hits, clean hits. Although he was penalized for the hit on uh, Brian Boyle, but what what are you seeing from the timely hits from from Dustin Bufflin? Well, I mean, he could be a game changer. It was the same kind of during the the Stanley Cup playoffs as well. He'd have the the timely hit that would just turn turn momentum and. Even against Colorado, I mean, he was... The hit on Gerard, right? On Gerard yeah. as well. Yeah, that was another one that just kind of... Because Gerard was absolutely flying. Yeah. And then got hit, and then maybe wasn't as involved or wasn't as uh, keen to make the rush up the ice as, as he was earlier in the game. So that's just the kind of thing that Dustin Bufflin can do. And on Jack Roslevic's first of the year against New Jersey, his hand-eye coordination came into mm-hmm. came into play, uh, yeah. knocking down a clearing attempt, and then Roslevic was able to find some open space and bury it on Corey Schneider. So... He's uh, he's doing it at both ends of the rink, and that's been important. Yeah, such an ex, such an X factor. Yeah, you, you can't say enough about the guy in terms of just being able to do things that other teams just don't have the capabilities of doing. You know, there's there isn't another Dustin Bufflin in the absolutely league. not. It's no. weird. It's a he's a he's a very fun hockey player to watch, but you kind of he makes moves and you go, yeah, I don't see anybody else in the league doing yeah. it that way. And you don't hear that in draft comparisons either. I haven't heard it. He's a Dustin Bufflin type player. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> you always hear some comparison to somebody in the National Hockey League when it comes to the NHL draft. Anyways, that'll do it for the first segment here. When we come back, uh, I'll have a one-on-one with uh, Jamie Jamie Compon, the assistant coach of the Winnipeg Jets. Let him watch it. Scores! Damn. Oh, what a save by Connor Hellman. Rise. All Winnipeg Jets single-game tickets for the 2018-19 season are now on sale. Choose the matchup you want to see and pick your seats today by visiting winnipegjets.com slash tickets. This is Nikolai Ehlers. You're listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Please be joined by assistant coach of the Winnipeg Jets, Jamie Compon. Uh, Jamie, uh, we were just talking about Finland, um, and it's been a constant question for the players uh, Paul's been asked about it. What was your overall thoughts on, on the trip over to Helsinki? Oh, it was it was unbelievable. It's one of those once in a lifetime experiences where you get a chance to to go over and, and visit a country I've never been, and uh, the hospitality was great. Uh, the accommodations were outstanding. Everyone was so nice. City was beautiful, clean. Uh, really enjoyed it. I think um, the hard part was is that it's feels like it's training camp again where you have those five days between games and and try and get yourself ramped back up again uh and then coming back now and having another five days between games has been uh it's been a challenge but it's a you know it's well worth well worth it uh to get that experience and that opportunity to go over there do you believe in the growing of the game overseas in countries like finland that hockey's a big a big thing well, absolutely. You saw Patty Laine and, and the impact and Sasha Barkov, uh, the impact they've had, uh, Timu Solani, standing ovation, Teppo Newman in. You know, you can go, the list goes on and on about the great Finn players. Uh, so I really believe in that. I believe in, in, in continuing to grow the game. 
uh, whether it's here in North America or over in Europe, uh, there's a huge influence of European players coming over and not only to play uh, junior hockey, but also to play col- uh, collegiately mm-hmm. and uh, for them to be exposed to NHL hockey, to see what it's all about, to see it live as opposed to on TV. I think that's a great opportunity for them. I know it's a Jets podcast, but I, I really do want to ask about how much you appreciate how good of a player Sasha Barkov is. Oh, he's uh, he's unbelievable. Like you get a chance to see him uh, during video and pre-scout games, and I watch him on TV. But then to see him live, uh, I've I've monitored him because uh, a young Anze Kopitar was in the same mold, and I think he's uh, he's a little ahead of uh, of Kopi at the same age. Uh, just he's he's so well rounded in terms of, of how important it is that he plays without the puck. Um, he's he, you always have to be aware of when he's on the ice. He's very similar to a, you know I know it's it's big shoes to fill, but a Pavel Dadsuk that's looking to strip you all the time, and or a Marian Hosa that, that that gets that back pressure and that strips you, and he's gone the other way with three hard powerful strides. And I think he's going to be a, a heck of a player as he continues to grow in this league and, and get more comfortable. One last one for you about Finland is, as a coaching staff, we heard a lot about the players connecting and stuff and spending more time together. As a coaching staff, do you guys get out together like that, or is it still all business where you don't have the time to go look at things like you would be in an NHL city? Well, no, it was good. We had the off day, and uh, Todd Woodcroft and I uh, walked around, and he's been to Finland before, so he kind of showed me you know, some of the areas and, and different uh, monuments and landmarks and things like that. So it was good to get out. And I know that Charlie and Flats and, and Maddie Prefontaine and, and Paul went their own ways also. But uh, it was good at night where we got together uh, for dinner. We just talked about the city and, and it, was, it was just more of a, a relaxed atmosphere. Now it's back to the grind of an NHL season as the Jets clearly will play Friday and kind of the schedule is more normal. Do you find teams are defending you differently than they were last year? Well, I think we're not surprising anyone, that's for sure. Uh, when you go as far as we did last year to the third round and and uh, they're watching, they're taking note, and uh, you're not going to go into a team on a, a Tuesday night and get their backup goaltender or anything like that. You're getting their number one and you're getting their, their A game, and I think that's uh, that's a little different intensity level and a different little little different animal that that we've encountered, but that's a good animal because you want that uh, their best because that's how you're going to get better and you're, you're going to be you're going to be ready and and for when it comes time in April, in May, in June when you're playing those very meaningful games and every game is meaningful because of the parity in the league. Also, you with you've been with Chicago, you've been with Los Angeles, won Stanley Cup with both of them. High expectations with this group. Is there any similarities between? The Jets this year heading to this this season, as they were with Chicago as they got ahead to their Stanley Cup winning years and, and Los Angeles. Uh, I think they're two different molds in terms of Los Angeles. Uh, when I first got there, um, it took six years to build, and people don't realize that we stripped it. Dean Lombardi and and Ron Hextall did an unbelievable job in building through the draft, and then and then making those trades, those impactful trades at the right time in order for us to, to try and get to that level. And it, and it's a process to go through. Uh, the first two years were very tough. You played with a lot of older bridge players until the young players uh, were able to, to be contributors. And then you make the playoffs one year, and then you make the playoffs the next year. And I think that that's, 
your goal is you've got to get in and you've got to make the playoffs in order to have that experience. And once you gain that experience, you understand um, how hard it is. It really is another another season and another level that you have to, to get to. So that experience really helps you moving forward. But it doesn't happen overnight. And we made it the last week of the season. Uh, we were the eighth seed in L.A. Mm-hmm. So we, we overcame a lot of adversity. We overcame a, a coaching firing, um, some, some changes within our lineup. And then we went on an incredible run. And so the expectations coming in the following season were, were where I wasn't there, I was already moved on to Chicago, but mm-hmm. I know that the, the expectations were to get back to that level. And, but I think they were comfortable with them. And because they had made the playoffs the four, three previous years and, and they had a Stanley Cup under their belt, so they understood what it took. And with Chicago, when I got to Chicago after being in L.A., they had won a cup in 10. So they had already understood what it took and they had been long in the playoffs. And so it was getting back to that level and the expectation was high and that was the, the strike shortened season. So we went off and we went off on a tear to start the season and it was unbelievable. And then you have your, your adversity over the course of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh going into Detroit and being down three games to one and battling back in game seven to win in overtime. That was the adversity hurdle that we that we faced and then we played LA. Turns out we played LA the, the next round and we beat them four games to one. Every game was a tight game, but it was that that adversity and mm-hmm. then playing against Boston it, it was there was an expectation because of our regular season but you know I think players thrive on that and I think you've got to it brings out the best in you you want to be the best you want to be known as the best you want to have those accolades uh, beside your your team and, and a chance to 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 give your team an opportunity to go to the Stanley Cup finals do you see that in this group I mean obviously you must but what do you see well, I, I see a lot of similarities uh, with the L.A. group in terms of how uh, Chevy and, and Zinger and, and Larry have, have built through the draft mm-hmm. and all our young players are coming of age. And it's it's that experience. So hopefully that experience that they gained last year going three rounds is, is going to really help catapult them to understand how important things are, how hard you have to play. And now you've got to transfer that in the regular season too, because everyone, you're, we're, we're not surprising anyone this year. Last yeah. year we, you know, up until maybe Christmas time, there were teams that were still. What are these Winnipeg Jets all about? What are the Jets all about? And then after Christmas, everyone knew what we were about, and uh, so it was, you know, we're getting their best, and you want their best because you've got to you've got to rise to the occasion. And I I see there's there are similarities, and now it's about pushing through. It's about knowing how hard it is and knowing that you have to push that hard uh, to get to that level. The, the goal is, obviously, to win the Stanley Cup, but your first goal has to be making the playoffs because anything can happen. I've been on the both ends of it where we've been the, the eighth seed and the number one seed, right. and we succeeded. So you give yourself a chance and anything happens. You look at Las Vegas last year, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Uh, they're a little different animal, but... You know, when you build it and and you you're an eight seed, you're always the underdog, and there's there's no real expectations. You just made the playoffs, sort of thing. But then you start proving people wrong, and then you get on a roll and you start believing. And I believe that's what happened last year. And you know, with the way the schedule's been this year, it's going to take some time. We've got to continue to build and continue to grow. We started off with six games in eight days, yeah, and now we have two games in two weeks. So it's mm-hmm. uh, it's getting back 
as you call it, the grind or, or a regular or a normal NHL season where uh, we're starting to play every other day and the juices start flowing. And, you know, these these games, the game Friday divisional opponent is going to be a, a huge two points for us that, that that's up for grabs and then come in Jersey and then getting some Eastern Conference teams in here. So we got to make sure that we're prepared and we're not looking putting the cart before the horse. We're, we've got to make sure that, that we're doing our yeoman's work and the horse is going to pull the cart through this. Division Central, arguably one of the best in the NHL right now. There was a change recently in Chicago in terms of Joel Quenville. You coach with him, you're friends with him. Uh, just what that must be like for him right now to be in, in Chicago for so long and having so much success with the Blackhawks. Well, it's definitely hard. It's, it's hard to see a person like Joel and a coach like Joel you know, I am who I am because of Joel and Mike Kitchen. Joel gave me my opportunity mm-hmm. in St. Louis when I first got in the league, and you know, I, I really consider him a very close friend. And uh, seeing it happen, you know, the realities of of the game, and that's the reality. You're hired to be fired, and mm-hmm. um, but I'm I'm confident Joel Joel will be all right. He's he's a heck of a coach, and he's a heck of a person, and and uh you know i'm pulling for him except when uh they're playing us yeah but uh he's gonna get an opportunity uh and the opportunity is you know is his to you know he's gonna he's gonna make sure that he determines what's the right fit for him and where he wants to move on in the, the next stage of his his coaching career but uh he's a good person he's a, an unbelievable coach and like he's he he's one of the tops what did you What did you like about coaching with him? I mean, outside of I know you're friends, but what was the part that maybe one thing that kind of stood out to you? Uh, he's got a photographic memory. He sees the game at such a high level. It would be like uh, sitting in the press box mm-hmm. and watching the the pieces move. He's doing it at ice level, which is a pretty amazing thing. And he can see all ten guys on the ice, and he just knows, you know, who's responsible for certain things, and and uh, just the way his mind works and how he runs the bench and. Uh, I think that's really that's that's key, and how he makes sure that the players understand. He communicates with the players and makes sure, you know, the game plans out there. We often hear about players having to have chemistry with one another. What about the chemistry with this coaching group that stands out to you? Well, this is going into my third year, and I can't like I, I never knew Paul Maurice. I knew him to say hi to him, mm-hmm. uh, maybe idle chatter with him because he's been in the east uh for so long and then getting this opportunity to come here to winnipeg was it was a blessing like i'm very fortunate uh to get to the to this level here and be with paul and charlie and wade and todd and maddie we've got a great staff the the synchronicity that we have the the unison that we have we're all on the same page in terms of what we need to do and how we pull from the same end of the rope uh, to make sure that we get it done. Uh, Paul's excellent in terms of his delegation and his trust in, and his staff and his ability um, to ask us for an input. And then he takes our input, and it's not like it's just he wants us to expand on it. He wants us, he wants us to own it. And, uh, and for him to, to relay it to the players and then giving us the, the, the ability to, to work with the players and, and, and present and everything is, has been, it's, it's, it's literally, it's fantastic. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's a great chemistry that we have. And I think it, uh, it trickles down to our players and, and how our players, uh, see the staff also. Fantastic power play right now. Are power plays better now than they ever have been league wide? Why? Well, 
I don't know. You know, I watch a lot of a lot of hockey, and I yeah. see that the puck movement is incredible, the skill level. Uh, but then on the other side of it, some of the penalty killers, like some of the goals that don't go in, that mm-hmm. should go in, and then some of the goals that you know bounce off a guy, skate off a stick, and it's right there on the goal mouth, and the yeah. guy puts it in. But some of the saves and and the willingness to block shots and get in lanes, and it, it's incredible. But at the same time, the puck movement on the power play, it's just so quick. Mm-hmm. And you got top-notch shooters. You know, we're fortunate to have pa- uh, Patrick Laine. And, and then on the other side of it, you look at, you know, Alex Ovechkin and these guys that can just hammer the puck. And, mm-hmm. and they've got C&I shots that they know where the puck's going at all the time. But they've got the ability not only to shoot the puck, but to make the play off the puck. And so I I look at Tampa's power play with Stamkos and those guys. It's it's incredible. It's it's you know maybe it doesn't show up in the percentage wise, but yeah. the momentum. That's what you want to gain from a power play. You want to gain that momentum, and that's what you want to gain from a penalty kill. You want to make sure you snuff out the power play. But mm-hmm. um, we've been very fortunate the way our power play has been going, and and Blake Wheeler leads that charge by his distribution skills and his ability to see the ice and make the plays. Uh, and then the four guys off him that do such an unbelievable job of puck recovery, of getting available for him, of supporting him. Uh, you know, we've been we've been on a on a good run right now. So I'm going to touch wood on that one. We won't too, go too far of it, but how unique of a player do you have to be to be the distributor on a power play? Because not just anyone can do this. No, I I think Wheels uh, ha- we've put him in that role because he his ability to hang on to the puck and he's a big guy so he mm-hmm. can protect the puck really well and that's not an easy job playing the off you're playing your natural side on the power play so your ability to make those plays across your body and make those passes whether it's back to buff or whether it's to shife in the slot or whether it's down low to KC it's it's not easy or that cross seam pass to Patty uh, but he's a unique individual in terms of his ability to hang on to the puck and to take what they give him and, and to take the ice that, that that's given to him. So, uh, you know, he's he's done an unbelievable job, and he works at it. He wants to be the best on that that, that half wall. One last one for you. And your time in Portland, does the general manager bug come up in you at all in some ways? So does, is it, does the itch get there sometimes? Uh, you know what? I, I had that opportunity when I was uh, first broke into to coaching yeah. to, to go one way or another, mm-hmm. and... Uh, I love being on the ice. I love the the ability to communicate with the players, to talk to the players, to help them improve, and then to see the whole chemistry of the, the, the team come together. Uh, when I was in Portland, I, it's hard because you, you're trying to know everybody in the league. And when, I was only there a short time for the two years, but yeah. to make sure you make the right trades, to make sure that you, you got the right people. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much about the the actual trade, but you're, who you're putting in your room. Mm-hmm. You're going to make sure you're putting the right people in your room, and the right players in your room, and the right attitude, and the right. That's that's the thing. And you know, when we got Paul Stastny last year, and you know, we're very fortunate that that uh, our general manager Kevin is he's mm-hmm. unbelievable in terms of communicating with us and where he's going. But when we got Paul Stastny, and I've known Paul since he was a, a, a young boy back in St. Louis when he first, first broke in the league. And, and to get him and to, for, for that was a huge boost to our team. And you saw what he did for us down the stretch and in the playoffs. So uh, do I get the bug? Nah, yeah, I like being the armchair guy that says, <laughs> this trade would be good. And yeah. I'm thinking, 
they would never go for that on the other side. But, you know, you have to play that. You always yeah. wonder uh, how this player would fit, how this player would fit. But uh, that's fantasy hockey, too. Mm-hmm. And you've right now we've got a group of players that we've got to make better and make sure that they're prepared. We had turnover this year, and that's the challenge of it. And that's mm-hmm. the, the, the great thing about the game because every day you walk in and is you're, you're, you're faced with a new challenge and how do you tackle it and how mm-hmm. do you how do you embrace it and uh you know at the end of the day i don't consider this work this is this is what you do you love to do it and i've never worked a day in my life if mm-hmm. that's if that's if you want to call this work this is this is what you have a passion to do so that you can eventually i'd like to like to see everyone in that room, including the coaching staff. I know Charlie's Charlie's got five of them. But, yeah, a little uh, greedy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you're you're allowed to be greedy. Yeah. After you win one, you want to win two. After you win two, you you want to get back there again. Right. And last year, I wanted to get back there again just to give us an opportunity because it's it's something special, and I can't even begin to describe how special it is. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. Shop where the players shop. Jets Gear and TrueNorthShop.com are your authentic team stores. Make sure to stock up on all your favorite Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose merchandise today. Visit one of the five Jets gear locations or shop online at truenorthshop.com. Always love the opportunity to give people uh, more Jets reward points out there. So go to jetsrewards.ca and uh, type in the word big buff. Actually, big words. Big buff is the uh, chance for you to get 50 Jets rewards. Uh, go to jetsrewards.ca. Uh, wrap things up quickly. Just a quick uh, thought on these next upcoming two games. The Washington Capitals come into town, as are the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, Mitch? Yeah, I mean, uh, exciting to kind of see the Washington Capitals. Uh, they'll be in Minnesota the night before. Uh, they had a haven't long... had, Jets haven't had a lot of this this year. They That's had a lot true. of it last year. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Washington coming off a loss to the uh, Arizona Coyotes going into that game against the Wild, so obviously they'll be a motivated team. Uh, and always exciting games when the Jets play the, Was- the Washington Capitals, so looking forward to that. How about Buffalo coming to Rasmus Dahlin? And just to maybe a new and improved group, Buffalo's had so much promise over the years. For sure. But just kind of a light at the end of the tunnel in some ways. For this yeah, group. I mean, very interesting. I hope they have a very off night. Yes. They, they come to Bell MTS We're not place. encouraging them to be great. Though, but I'm but very yeah. intrigued just to see this team. I really am yeah. curious to see Rasmus Dahlin plays uh, first game in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they've added some pieces like... Uh, Jeff Skinner, you know mm-hmm. Carter Hutton and Nets, so uh, should be should be a fun matchup. I hope we beat them eight nine nothing. So, uh, but you know, I, I as a hockey fan, I'm interested. Yeah, yeah. This is the final two games that homestand for the Jets take off on a four game road trip. On behalf of Mitchell Clinton, Tyler Esquivel, I'm Jamie Thomas. This has been Ground Control, Episode Four. This is Big Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. For Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com.